Welcome to the New Missions Podcast. On this episode, Christine Batchelder from our Orlando office will sit down with Rachel Dutellis and have a conversation about how women are making an impact in the country of Haiti, in their homes, and in their communities. Let's enjoy this conversation. We're so glad that you could join us for the New Missions Podcast today. I'm Christine, along with Rachel Dutellis, missionary in Haiti, and I am just so excited to talk to you today. You have such a rich history, and I think that the folks who are listening to this are really going to be encouraged by what we talk about today. So thanks for joining us. No, I'm very happy to. <laughs> First off, Rachel, um, just for those who, who may not know a little bit about you, you're married to Charlie. And I find this fascinating because as soon as you got married, you took a honeymoon and then you immediately went to Haiti. That had to be kind of a, a culture shock. It was a big culture shock in certain ways. I mean, I was not shocked in some ways because I was born in India and grew up in India. And so the poverty didn't shock me. I mean, even the big signboards, advertisements kind of looked similar to some Indian things, but there were many similarities. Certain things didn't shock me, but then the culture was definitely different. You know, I found it much more boisterous and loud. It sounded like they were always fighting, you know, whereas in India, there can, you know, they can be more reserved. That's and they true. have a lot of rules about how to interact. That's true. So I found uh, the culture challenging at first, but as I look back, I think I like it better. <laughs> Did you know the language when you first went down to Haiti? Not at all. And that was a big frustration because my husband already knew the language. So he'd be jabbering along and I was in the dark, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I learned it. So now I'm, you know, it's definitely you feel very handicapped until you know the language. Yeah. How did you learn the language? So I started having classes with one of our, either a student or an employee. We'd go through a book. And then I used to also sit with other people and I'd ask them words. And I'd try to read in the Creole Bible, okay. pick out words, compare it. So little by little, but I wasn't, I can't say I was a fast learner. <laughs> but over time, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you picked I, it up and now you're fluent. Yeah. I mean, fluent in the things I need. You know, there's always other areas. I mean, I may not know all the words in carpentry or boating or I manage, except for <laughs> when I go to remote places, they look at when I speak Creole, sometimes they still look at me and they, they don't understand me. It's oh. like I'm speaking a different language. Oh, no. But in the area where I work and live, I do fine. And they say I do well. <laughs> oh, I bet you do phenomenal. You have four children, Nathan, who's 27, Jeremy, who's 25, Karita, who's 22, and Alyssa, who's 17. What was it like raising children? It's tough enough raising children in the States, but what is it like raising children in Haiti? Well, I think there's different challenges. And of course, you know, we're also looking back in time a ways. So, you know, challenges have changed even in America. Mm, true. I think the challenges are probably social. I mean, you have a lot of good things because it was safe there and the kids could be out in the yard without being overly concerned about their safety. There were people in the yard kind of keeping an eye on them. 
they had a lot of freedom. Nathan used to ride a horse. Oh, wow. You know, with a Haitian, an older Haitian boy. They'd okay. go through the sugar cane or down the beach to the village, you know. So there was, a, and I'd ride a bike by myself mm-hmm. to villages. So there was a lot of safety and, you know, feeling that people would help you, you know, if you needed it. So it was good in many ways, but the, probably the hardest part was friendship, social, socially, sure. you know. Sure, But you had shared that Carita said that it was the best childhood that she had in Haiti. Yeah, she has said that for her, she feels like she had the perfect childhood. Oh, But she also shared that in Haiti, you're more than a mom. Can you explain that? I find that uh, because I was homeschooling my kids, I became their teacher. At the time when, not so much when they were younger, we had another missionary family there, but when they went back as older kids, we were the only family, and they had kind of lost connections with some of their Haitian playmates. As a mom, you end up being their playmate, you're playing games, and they want you to go outside and do active games outside when it cools down in the afternoon and you become their spiritual person. There's no services in English. They go to the Creole church, but they're not really being fed there. And so you kind of become everything to them. And so that, I think, is a challenge. I mean, it's good, too, because I love my kids. (laughs) Oh, and I know they love you. I'm thankful for, you know, all those years. When I think of women in Haiti, the word that comes to my mind is strength. When Mm. I see a Haitian woman, wow, just Mm. from uh, my limited experience being in Haiti, I just look at these women and I'm like, wow, they are strong women. Mm. I think because it is such a poor country, they can't depend on their man having an income. Mm. They can't depend on their husband most women in Haiti, unless they're not Christian, are not married, unless they're from the upper, have more money. And so you could say their partner, you can't depend on an income. And so they have to be very self-sufficient. And I find they are very resourceful, very, very resourceful. They're strong. And I find the Christian women are very strong in faith. Really? Speaking of which, I think the, the ladies in the kitchen mm-hmm. Are, are some of your favorite. Mm. In, in when it comes to, you were sharing with me earlier, boosting your faith, how strong in their faith they are. I love to, during downtimes, interact with the ladies in the kitchen. I find they're my friends, even though, you know, I'm also their boss in a way. But sometimes I'll talk about circumstances in my own life or challenges and they just encourage me they Mm. lift me up you know they'll say oh don't worry you know God knows about this already and God is taking care of it or they'll talk about their circumstances and they encourage one another you know but without fail I my faith is built up there's one woman in particular Clarina 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about her Clarina comes in early, probably five something in the morning when we have teams to mm. get start getting breakfast ready. But I first came to know her through the LaSalle women's meeting. I used to okay. go there. I'd ride my bike to LaSalle okay. and attend the women's meeting. And she was one of the leaders. I remember visiting her home and she had a fairly large family. She was very poor, you know, not destitute, but poor, just a tiny little, I don't even remember if it was a cement house or if it was a hut. But just visiting her, and then when we had a vacant spot in our kitchen for a new employee, I asked my husband, would you consider taking this lady on, Clarina? 
she loves the Lord. She helps lead the women's group. And so we did. We took her on. And she has really developed. She leads. She's not only in cooking, but she's definitely a spiritual leader in the kitchen, too. Wow. And uh, so she's one of the ones who is always very encouraging to me. And I remember Danya in the mm-hmm. kitchen. And it's funny because I remember when I first met Danya, she was very, very shy. Mm-hmm. But you say she's not shy anymore. Oh, no. she, she's feisty. <laughs> <laughs> and she actually is what we consider our kitchen uh, manager. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. She's very strong. She sometimes leads worship at the Boardmere mm. Church. And I don't know if you know her story, but she grew up with her grandmother, and her grandmother was one of the voodoo priests. No, I didn't know this. Yeah, so she came out of voodoo. Wow. So she came through the new missions school, and some of her other family started inviting her to church, and she started going, and she saw how much she liked it compared to going to the voodoo ceremonies. Wow. So she became a Christian, and first her family was, like, hard on her. They wouldn't was give her ask. clothes for going to yeah. church and stuff like that. But, no, she is a very strong believer. Yeah. That's an incredible, mm. incredible testimony. What Did did anything happen to her, her grandmother? Did she come to know the Lord? Do you know? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. You, you had mentioned about the prayer meetings. And if people get a chance to, to visit... New Missions Facebook page, mm-hmm. there are a number of pictures on Facebook of those women's prayer meetings. Can you kind of give us a visual, because they can be powerful, of what happens in these women's prayer meetings? Well, some of them do take place at church. Okay. They'll, they'll use the church facility. What I really love, and I've done this in years gone by, is visit when they have it at people's homes. Certain churches have decided that the women will, they've decided that they'll go home to home. So when I say home to home, usually it's in the yard. When I say home, you might think, oh, you know, a regular home, but a lot of times it's just tin roof and there's all this little bits and pieces of tin and cactus enclosing a tiny little yard and, you know, maybe a few broken chairs. And some women, if they live in that same neighborhood or same village, will carry their own chair because they, they, they may not own enough chairs right. for everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. The word I pick for when they get together and they sing to the Lord is that it fortifies you. Oh, It just that's builds good. you up, you know. It's just like, there's nothing like it. Mm. You know, I feel like that's what it's going to be like in heaven mm. when we sing together, yes. you know. There's something about that, you know. I'm not a good singer, but... <laughs> I bet you you are. <laughs> you just feel the presence of the Lord, you know, and they pray. Sometimes they'll memorize scripture together. Wow. And there's not even always a, even a devotion, you know. Hmm. Sometimes they'll do a devotion okay. or a teaching. But not always. Sometimes they just gather for singing and prayer. And and how long will it last? Uh, it's usually these in are in the evening, you know, like okay. four o'clock or okay. five o'clock. So they're not usually super long, like an hour. What do you think that we can learn from these Christian Haitian women? The f- very first thing has to be faith mm. because many of them have nothing, have nothing. You know, you can't depend on, oh, I know I'll have the resources to take care of this tomorrow. They have to trust the Lord for it. Mm -hmm. They don't always get what they want. 
but they still have to go on trusting the Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, and that's the same with us. You know, we, so true. you know, God tells us that we're supposed to trust God for our daily bread, but, you know, not everyone thinks along those terms because we feel like we're all set, that we will have our daily bread tomorrow. But he tells us, you know, trust me for your daily bread. And that means for everything, I would imagine. If we're supposed to trust him for our food when we think we are going to have it, <laughs> we should surely trust him for everything. Mm. You know, food is such a daily need that we have. We need to trust him in everything because mm. that's the best way. <laughs> such a good word. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I always like to ask, what's your favorite Bible verse and why? And you chose a great, great Bible verse. Well, you know, I chose it because this was my mom's favorite. And when I saw that it was her favorite, I started meditating on it. And I started Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, there's so many verses I could love, but... I want to love this one too. But it's Psalm 16, verse 8, and it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Mm, So good. You know, it's such a beautiful picture of our dependency on God, but on his closeness to us. Yes. You know, he's right there. And I found that in recent years, that's my favorite way of relating to God, and that's him as my helper. Yes. Because he is so many things to us. Sometimes I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go about doing something. I don't know what to say. And he's right there. And I can just say, what do I do? You know, you're my helper. Speaking of which, when when you see these Haitian women who many times don't have a husband, mm-hmm. uh, do you do you see them relying on the Lord as their husband? I do. Because they can't rely on their husband. So what are the alternatives? Alternatives are rely on yourself or do what I'm supposed to be doing according to what God has asked. And that's even if you have a husband, you're supposed to rely on God. I see them trusting God day by day, day Mm. by day, you know, for their children's needs. You know, their children need things in life, just like our children do, you know, for their home, for every detail of their life. Oftentimes when we're kind of in the middle of a situation or we we don't see how God is working, it's important for us to trust Mm. and know that he's right there and that he's always working behind the scenes. Definitely. Yeah. There are three Haitian sayings that lead into this, that those women in the kitchen or in the village taught you that you have really clung to. And I'd like to go over those. And And I hope as you're listening to this, that this encourages you and gives you hope. As Rachel, it's given you hope. Definitely, yeah. I, I feel that they are teaching me. <laughs> the Haitian ladies are good teachers, and Aww. I'm learning from them constantly. Yeah. Oh, they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So the three sayings are, bon dieu, I'll let you say it. Okay. Which one did you have first? Bon dieu, bon dieu. And that's God knows. God knows. Yeah. Bon dieu. Kone. Kone. Yeah. God knows. God bon knows. Dieu. Yeah. God knows. Yeah. And then bon dieu. Kabab. 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 God can. Uh, explain a little bit, because was it Clarina who who really was like fierce with yeah. bon dieu? 
Yeah. Well, you know, I find that somehow these expressions come out in conversation a lot in Haiti. I've heard them, you know, in various places. But I guess the place that where they've been cemented into my mind the most is through talking to the kitchen mm. ladies and mm-hmm. Clarina. Sometimes I'll share my issues with her and she'll start into a little sermon of encouragement. Not Aww. really a sermon, but <laughs> and the thing she'll say is, God knows, bon dia conne. God already knows about this. And then, you know, she'll go on and, and then she'll say, you know, bon dia kebab. God can do this. God can help you. God can fix this situation. Trust the Lord. That's where it leads is keep putting your care, keep putting that burden, keep putting that problem back on the, on Lord, the Lord because he is able. Mm. Bon dia kebab. He's able. And then you had a situation where a woman came up to you and said the third phrase. And okay. I'd like you to say it and kind of explain what happened behind the scenes. I love to ride my bike in Haiti, and I used to ride to different women's meetings on it, and now I still ride my bike down the road to our clinic. There's this lady that lives by the side of that road, and she can see everything passing by. And I used to see her years ago in the B-Ray women's meeting when I used to go to that one. So that's how I know her. A lot of times as I'm passing by, if I don't stop, I'm a little past her house, she'll shout to me, Rochelle, uparete, upacampe pale of him, meaning you're, you're riding by and not stopping to talk to me. <laughs> so I, I'll back up and I'll go to, she lives in a tiny little hut. You know, she was having pain with her feet. I was t- discussing with her and I was able to give her a good pair of supportive sandals Mm. once and stuff like that and you know so I'd pray with her and after praying she would say moi reservoir which means I receive it and you know I think I had heard that before but for some reason when she said it it really stuck with me you know Mm. moi reservoir you know how many things is God trying to pour into our lives give to us and we're not receiving them we're not consciously saying God Thank you. I received that mm. from you. And uh, so now I've heard that saying other places and I'm more aware of it, but I'm also more aware of it in my life that, you know, I need to be receiving the things that God is wanting to bless me with, you know, and he's there's certain things he tells us to ask for, but there's certain things that he's already giving to us, already given, and we just need to open our hearts. So true. So true. God can. God knows. But then it's important for us to receive, to receive. For sure. What a blessing. What a blessing. Well, I hope as you're listening to this, that you are encouraged and and your faith is boosted. And if you're listening to this today, and maybe you're one of those folks who maybe has fallen on tough times, or you're stuck in a rut, we just want to encourage you and and we want to pray for you right now that that God can, that God knows. He is the God of the impossible. And we hope that you receive this message. First and foremost, we hope that you know the Lord is your savior because it's the best gift we could we could ever receive. And and Rachel, I'd like to ask you to end us in prayer, first praying in Creole and then translating it in English. And and just as Rachel prays, you know, I, I just hope that, that your heart is softened to the message today and, and that you're encouraged that, that even right where you are, God is right there with you. Rachel, would you pray for us? Cher Seigneur, nous remercions parce que toujours avec nous, toujours là, ou pas loin. 
Moi priez pour toute femme qui tende sa jodie. Moi priez pour qu'elle béni avec la joie, avec la paix. Fais-vous connaître présence ou tout près. Aidez-vous dans tout, tout bagaille besoin dans la vie. Merci Seigneur, au nom de Jésus. Amen. Dear Lord, we just thank you that you are close to us. You're not far away, Lord. We thank you that your presence is there, Lord. I pray for each lady listening, each woman listening today, Lord, that you would help them to know that you are close, Lord, that you're as close as the mention of your name, Lord. I pray that they would have your peace and your love, your joy, that they would open their hearts to this, Lord, to your presence and help in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the New Missions Podcast. Did you know you can make an impact in the lives of children by partnering with their moms? Simply visit newmissions.org forward slash moms. That's newmissions.org forward slash moms. Remember, live life on mission right where you are and wherever you go.